Ewa, welcome back. Thank you very much. How are you going? Great. My uh, my wife adopted a kitten last weekend, so I'm covered in scratches. <laughs> uh, that's cute, though. Yeah. He uh, he may disturb proceedings this evening. He may disturb proceedings. Oh, well. That'd be a cute interruption. Uh, how are you going, Supercoach-wise? Good. Um, had another good week. Not as good as I was expecting, but can't have everything you wish for. So I scored... 1,212, and I pushed up into 706th. Um, I was absolutely licking my lips before the round. I had four Panthers and two Bunnies, but not quite to be, but still moved up the rankings. Yeah, right. So the, the Broncos and the Tigers sort of well outperformed people's expectations, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I had a sort of slightly average week. I scored 1174 and I moved down about 50 spots. So I'm, about, I'm still inside the top 300, about 295 now. Okay. Uh, I copped a few of the, the issues this week. I had TKO. I brought in Brian Kelly. So apologies to anyone I convinced to bring in Brian Kelly last week because he didn't do very well. I am a little bit concerned about Mr. Brian Kelly. Yeah, I think it'll – I mean, I think that's a solid trade – Long term, but obviously last week disappointing. Look, they're not going to lose thirty-eight nil every week, and he—I guess he still scored okay with a thirty-two given that score. But I'm sort of having a bit of buyer's remorse in that I could have jumped straight to an out-and-out gun like a Northaluma or even a Lomax. Yeah, and that's going to colour my discussion a bit tonight. I reckon. Well, I, I want to talk about those guys tonight as well. Yeah, we can get into that. But there are three really big things that I want to talk about tonight. And they're interesting because they have a lot of implications, I suppose, in a vacuum, but they're also interrelated. Um, so big news this week is that two of the absolute gun fullbacks are out. And a lot of people are going to be needing to think about what they do at the fullback position. And we know that the fullback position is probably the most important position supercoach at the moment, um, given the rules, the sweep play out the back. I think something like 10 out of the top 24 highest averaging players in supercoach at the moment are fullbacks. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And I'd be very surprised if anyone, anyone serious, doesn't have one of the two guys. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Everyone, everyone will have to have one of them. Um, the other thing is that there are... A, two or three really good cheapies kind of just on the horizon, not not quite ready to be plucked, but but nearly ready to be plucked. And also, Sotino Famasulawi has been suspended for a couple of weeks. He's a very popular player. Um, so a lot of people are going to be looking at trade options in the front or second row. Uh, and also TKO, who I've got. And there'd be, there'd be a few people running both of those guys at starting front row. Yeah, so TK has been named, but you'd have to think that he's in doubt. Um, so let's let's start with the fullbacks because that's the most interesting one. Um, and let's start. I know that I know that you've got uh, the Latrell and Pappy mm-hmm. uh, combination, and we'll get into to, we'll get into that in a second. But let's just talk about the most popular combination, which is Teddy and Pappenhausen for a start, and we'll get into the other scenario in a minute. So. Teddy, uh, he's struggling. 
So he's had two pretty bad scores ever since Luke Keary has uh, gotten injured. The whole Roosters attack looks very clunky. I think particularly the hooker position is affecting him. He's not getting bored. The whole team is just looking super clunky. And he's got a break even about 150. Yep. And then you've got Pappenhausen, who's out for at least a week. Uh, but given the next game, so so they play on Sunday night, and the next game after that is on the Friday night, you'd have to think yeah. he's some... No guarantee. No guarantee of playing for two weeks. And he's you know he's like 900000 so that's a lot of money to have sitting on your bench for two weeks. So if you were in that Teddy Pappenhausen at the back situation, what do you think you'd be doing? So I'm definitely selling Pappenhausen and slight tangent, but I think there's an argument to trade Pappenhausen even if he's healthy, split the aces type thing, but it's not really relevant. Tedesco, as a non-owner, and I I was an owner, and again, I I split the aces, he's a target for me from next week. I, you know, there's been a lot of disruption in that team. They They got their middle forwards injured, new, you know, Kiri gone, hookers, you know, probably a different hooker every week. They're going to start, they're going to turn that around and he's getting, you know, if if the Dragons can hold the Roosters at bay one more week, he's going to be so juicy next week. I'm not sure I'd be selling if I own Teddy. Yeah, so so the thing for me, so firstly, Verils has been named. The question for me is, does he actually play? Like I heard that he was still a couple of weeks away maybe last week, and then it seems like they've sort of rushed him into the team. Um, I think Beryls will make a big difference, but he's got to get on the field. I guess the question for me and the question that I would that I'd encourage people to ask themselves is, without Luke Keary, is Tedesco a top four fullback? Yep. It's, yeah. I, don't, I don't actually know what I think the answer to that is right now. Yep, and the other the other issue is he plays quite late in the week. And when I traded out Tedesco, part of my reasoning was that Radley was just coming back from a long layoff and Collins was injured. So their pack was going to be less dominant. Kiri was out, a bit of clunkiness in the playmaking. So again, if you know if Verrill actually doesn't play, if Tico goes out, if um, if Hargraves is is carrying an injury. Collins is on the bench. Is he a little bit underdone? I, you know, I think if I was an owner, I'd be holding. He's a target for me next week, but I'm glad I don't have to deal with that issue. Yeah, I mean, the the obvious thing for me is that if you think he is a top three or four fullback for the season, it doesn't matter how much money he loses. You don't realize that loss, so don't worry about the break even. If you think he's going to rebound, he's going, you know, that'll all. It just doesn't matter. Um, I guess my question is how quickly does that attack get back together? I mean, they're not going to play the, the Storm every week, right? And that even with that Storm game, everything that went could go wrong went wrong, basically. Like, they dropped so much ball. they It just, it just looked awful. Like, they can't possibly play that badly again. Um, but there are so many good options back there. I mean, we saw Turbo and Ponga come back and score both ton up straight away. It's just it's just that question. Does he actually get back to that point where he's going to, you know, where he could put up a ton in any given week? Yeah. And I, I don't know. 
I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think I'm going to sell him. It would have been interesting had Pappenhausen not gotten injured. I, I might have sold him had Pappenhausen not gotten injured. Yeah. And the other thing I'll throw in there, um, you know, quite a few years ago now, but there was this idea that, you know, real origin players back up from origin. And that's that's kind of been, you know, thrown out the window and there's sort of, you know, resting resting that happens. So misses both buyers and probably at least one game just to give him a rest. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, whether or not you sell him over origin, I think is a slightly different but related decision. But yeah, I agree. He probably misses two games in 13 and 14 because from memory, I think they're actually quite close together. I think, he, I think they play on the Saturday following the Wednesday origin. So I'd be somewhat surprised if he plays that game. Um, all right. So then Pappenhausen, if you had Teddy and Pappenhausen, you say you're holding Teddy, but you trade Pappenhausen. Yeah. And again, if Pappenhausen was named, you got a very different equation. But yeah, if that was my combo, I'd sell, I'd trade Pappenhausen um, and I'd be looking to get, you know, two, two keepers with the money. Okay, so which, who are you trading him to? So, the season-long trade, I think, is Ponga. But I don't think I'm getting Ponga. The two guys I like are Gutherson and Turbo. Ponga, I don't like his draw for the next three weeks. Um, he, no, it's really bad. Yeah, tough draw. Really so, so, you know, he could lay an egg on any of those three weeks. Um, having said that, Ponga's a big target for me in round 10. Um, yeah, Turbo, I like Turbo. He's just so cheap. He's got what I think should be a pretty okay game this weekend, although the Tigers disturbed my round last week. And, you know, Gutherson has that Bulldogs-Broncos combo, um, which Teddy and Latrell both came through. Not Teddy and Latrell. Pappenhausen and Latrell both came through. Pappenhausen scored about 310 points over those two rounds. Latrell, 200. So, yeah, I really like Gutherson. So, firstly, Ponga, Ponga, we talked about the bad draw. So, Panthers, Roosters, Raiders coming up three games in a row. So, that is pretty bad. He looked very sharp last week, though. So, something to remember about Ponga is that he's only 23. And he looked a bit stronger, perhaps, than I've seen him look in the past. Like, busting through tackles a bit more. So, he's still kind of reaching his physical physical peak, I suppose. Yeah, he did look very good. I I don't think I can get him based on that difficult draw. And and the thing that you mentioned as well is that Turbo is significantly cheaper. Yeah, I think I think with thirty seven trades, I don't think Ponga's really on my list. If we were back in sort of you know twenty something trade land, you know I'd trade Pappenhausen to Ponga maybe and sort of you know call it there. So so Turbo has as you said Tigers then a tough game against the Panthers and then he's got Warriors and Broncos so yeah. three out of four games are pretty good really Absolutely. so he's got a pretty pretty good draw um what about the injury he's stuff got a dodgy hammy <laughs> yeah and like, yeah. how do you factor that in when you're thinking about a trade yeah look if he was if he wasn't a discount if he wasn't a bargain I'd, I'd maybe I'd be tempted to overlook him my did you watch any of that game? 
No, I didn't, I didn't see any of it. He was regularly hitting full speed. Like, yeah. it's not like he was, you know, didn't look confident on it. He was just gassing people on the outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> not worried about it at all, which is probably why he does his hammy so often, right? Like, he just goes full pelt. My take on this is, you know, the clubs and the club doctors and everyone have a lot more writing on this than me. And, you know, you can talk about players with an injury history, but, you know, sometimes sometimes history repeats and they do go down, but sometimes they'll get through the whole season. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the punt. Yeah, I, I sort of, I, I don't know if I just, it's because I love watching the guy play or, or what it is, but I'm, I think I'm in the same camp. I think you have to, I think you have to take into account the injury history a bit. Like I, I heard the NRL physio talking on one of the podcasts, the, the Supercoach Champions podcast earlier today, and he was like, you know, the hamstring injuries are such repeated in- injuries that you'd be looking for him to get through two months of football before you'd be convinced that, you know, he's not a, a high likelihood to do the injury again. And he's, he's you know, he's a professional. Yeah. So, I mean, I take the point of taking a punt, but there is there is 100% risk there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why he's the price the way he is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that price versus kind of injury risk is a interesting thing. So the other guy you mentioned is Gutherson. Um, so the Eels have a really good draw and, and Gutherson is, well, Gutherson did play Origin last year, but my personal feeling is that he'd be an outside chance of playing Origin this year. Yeah. So based I'm gl- on the fact that, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's only round seven, but it's almost time to start thinking about the first buy. And, you know, New South Wales have been playing fullbacks and five-eighths in their centre position. And I want to talk about those top quality centres a bit later. But, you know, do they do that again this year? I think they do, but I think they do it with different ones. Yeah. So I think Luttrell basically has to be picked. Like, his form is more or less, you know, it, it just looks so good. So I think he'll get the left centre position. I'd be surprised if he didn't. Uh, Turbo in the right centre. Turbo has to get picked somewhere. He's just that good. Whether he plays right centre or on the wing, I'm not sure. But you've got potentially To'o and uh, Josh Adokar for the wings. Yeah. To'o, you know, maybe he, do, he maybe Freddie doesn't pick To'o because he's too small. So so maybe Turbo plays on the wing in, instead of To'o. Well, Queensland have um, Coates marking up against him? Probably. Yeah. Do, uh, not sure which wing is which. I think Toto will probably play on the right and Adokar on the left. And on the right wing probably be... Oh, sorry, on the left wing would probably be Holmes. So maybe not. Maybe but um, not. So that leaves... Because you've also got to fit Jack Whiten in there somewhere. Possibly 5'8". Possibly 5'8". But Luai and Walker are making pretty good cases. But yeah, he, So he could play 5'8". So maybe that leaves one spot, maybe, for an out-and-out centre, like a Lomax or a Bradman Best. But um, that that year that Teddy uh, Turbo played right centre in Origin, he was just phenomenal. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, was great. So, so that's how I think that the team probably lines up. I'm not. I think that whether Whiten plays five eighth or not is probably the most contentious bit. But um, yeah, yeah, and who knows? Like, we're still a long way out. There's a lot of form to be had between now and then, and there's a lot of injuries that could happen, but, 
you know, I guess you need to think about this sort of stuff when you're when you're trying to pick your team. Um, so back to Gutherson, I do think that that means that Gutherson is an outside shot and probably doesn't get picked unless there's some injuries. Yep. And his draw over the next few rounds, so he's got the Broncos, the Bulldogs, tougher game against the Roosters, then the Warriors, the Seagulls. Oh, the draw's, yeah, the draw's does, beautiful. The draw's beautiful. Yeah, the draw's great. Now, to be honest, I haven't considered Gutherson despite that draw. I don't think he's in the top tier. I don't think he's he's not the kind of guy that I worry about scoring 150. I was just going to say that he's he's not really a 150 guy. There was a couple of rounds with Moses out last year, and I think one of them he hit 150. Um, but yeah, I don't see him as a 150 type guy. It's just the the draw is just so good, and if he plays round 13, it's almost a cherry on top. And sorry, there's just a little bit of pod factor there that gets me excited. Yeah, to be honest, if I was looking for a pod, and how how much is Gutherson right now? It's like six forty or something. Six forty. Six thirty. If I was looking for a pod, I'd probably go for Ponga over Gutherson, despite the bad draw. Yep. yep. To be honest, That's I just enough. think he's got more upside, and and he might score well even in some of those tough games. Uh, I, look, there, there is a nice cherry on top that, that Gutherson probably does play round thirteen. He's the only one of them that probably will. All the rest of them will play Origin. So what about um, you know, let's let's say let's say you're sort of sitting outside the top five or ten thousand, and you want to go left field as a bit of a pot shot. Dufty, RTS, Brimson, anyone anyone else float your boat? Dylan Edwards, if he's named. Not right now. I think I think some of those guys become really interesting around Origin time, but I just think that the, like you know you could get lucky and one of those guys, Dufty could, RTS even could outscore one of the the absolute guns. But I think the likelihood is small enough that it's a it's a pot shot, it's, right? I it's feels, not a great play. It's, like not a a, it's not a percentage play. Yeah, so I think the pod the pod route. If you're getting one fullback, you know, the pod route's probably a choice between Ponga and Gutherson. And, you know, if you want to stick with the pack, it's probably turbo. Yeah. So so a couple of things. So so we've said so far you probably hold Teddy, but I can see arguments for selling him. I wouldn't I wouldn't talk someone out of selling him if they think that the Roosters are going to really struggle to get back into form. Uh, and both of us have said you probably sell Pappenhausen based on the, on the fact that you know, he might not play two games. And and that comes back to the fact that there are just so many points to be had at fullback that even one or two games having, you know, that 900K or whatever it is on the bench, not only is it 900K, but it represents, you know, it could be 300 points. It could be a captaincy choice. Yeah, if Pappenhausen it's, was a prop, you might hold him. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if I trade him to Turbo, not only am I, am I picking up whatever it is, 300 odd thousand, of dollars to play with, but he's also probably going to be my captain this week. Yeah, and if he if he squeezes out 116 again, captained. Yeah, it's a big difference. Oh. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Um. But having said that, if he only gets a week, if he only misses a week, Pappenhausen, and and you sell him, and, and let's assume that you use the money and you don't kind of leave it sitting there in the bank. It's going to be really hard to get him back in. Yeah. 
But unless you bump into him at the shops, you'll never know. You'll never know that <laughs> whether he's like. I think he said something like, "I was touch and go for Sunday." Oh yeah. But... Um, but I still think that that means that he's going to be at best touch and go for the next Friday as well. Should do a shout out on Twitter to find out where he does his shopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, you take the point, right? Even if it's two weeks, you've still got the problem of, like, he's the highest averaging player in Supercoach at the moment. Maybe you have to get him back in. And that's not going to be so easy. Yeah. Mind you, there's, I think there's a few good cheapies coming up. There are. And that's a good segue. <laughs> There's, uh, there's a few dodgy ones too, I think. So there's probably three that I've got on my radar, and there's two very good ones. So we've got Simpkin from the Tigers that looks like he's just won that spot. Yeah. Uh, over Little, Little's playing in reserve grade, so he's not injured or anything. Simpkin did play well last week. He didn't do anything really, but he just kind of provided good service and made a lot of tackles. Got 80 minutes, uh, right? Or 82? He got, his, he got 80 minutes. I'm not sure if there was any injury-related injury stuff going on there, but I don't think so. Plays the bye. Um, plays the first bye. Plays the first bye. Sorry, and if you're carrying Braley and Watson at hooker, we talked about the Knights draw, maybe their output reduces a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to talk about that in a second as well, but... I mean, you don't have to necessarily do that anyway because you could trade, you could move Watson down depending mm-hmm. on who you've got at five eight. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think Simpkins almost a no brainer. Obviously, if you can wait till next week, you know you would just in case of injury or something like that. But yeah, very good cheapy on the horizon. And then we've got Josh Curran. Mm-hmm. Now he looked really really good on the weekend. He got like seventy odd points, I think, mostly in base. He was really involved for a back rower, like he was defending quite close in, making a lot of tackles, making a lot of runs, made pretty much all his tackles. I, I don't, I haven't looked at his missed tackle stats, but from watching the game, it looked like he defended really well. And the Warriors won the game. Um, and my understanding is that Katoa has been dropped on form. Yeah, so I feel like Curran is one of those guys that, you know, you might get burnt if you trade him in. You might lose his spot to Surinan or Katoa or whatever. But he's also one of those guys that a lot of people will avoid because of the risk. And if you pick him up and get lucky and he hangs around, you know, if he gets scores like he did last week, you know, you can pretty much play him most weeks and might become a bit of a pod. Yeah, absolutely. Even if he doesn't, like, I agree. He just becomes one of those guys that really adds depth to his squad because if he's getting, like, 60s and 70s every week, he's, you know, he's going to be close to a keeper. Yeah. Yep. Um, the other thing I like about him over Simpkins, and I love Simpkins, so I am always a little bit reluctant in getting cheapies in those spine positions. Now, second halfback, Sam Walker, that was a bit of a unique case this year because I don't really feel like there's any really compelling second halfbacks. But, you know, I want to be scoring a lot of points out of those seven or eight guys in my spine. Simpkins, I think, is good enough if he gets another score like last week. But Curran, you know, Curran, you can you can hide him in your dressing room if you need. So always always like a second rower or a or a back. Yeah, because there's heaps of slots there, right? You're not because there's six slots at second row. He's not taking the spot of like one of the two guns, which is why like you know a fullback cheapy comes along and no one gets him because you've got to have those two guns there pretty much all the time. Yeah. 
Whereas, yeah, he's not taking someone a good a good guy slot. So yeah, I agree. Current's current's great. Still, like you know, Nathan Brown is playing a bit of silly buggers in those spots in the back row. It's kind of shuffling around all the time. Yep. So again, if you can wait a week and just see that he gets that starting spot for round three, you would. Um, but this does present our one of our favourite conundrums, yeah. which is the double downgrade. Right? If you don't have Simkin or Curran yet, and you don't plan on getting them this week, because maybe you're plugging other holes like your fullback and prop spot, then do you do the double downgrade next week, which... And, and that is somewhat related to what you do at fullback because I'm creating like $300,000 at fullback and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to spend that money on upgrades elsewhere. Yep. And then if I do a double downgrade next week, then I'm just going to have more money kind of sitting on the pine and it almost defeats the purpose of trading Pappenhausen out in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you only misses one game. If you can't spend the money. Yeah, exactly. If you can't spend the money, then why do it? So um, I guess the first thing is for that rare group of people that maybe have Tedesco and Gutherson or Tedesco and Will Kennedy or something like that, grab one this week, I reckon. Grab one this week and spend the money. Upgrade your squad. Grab the other one next week. Upgrade your squad. Now, I think that's going to be very rare. Um, yeah, if you, if you have Pappenhausen and Tedesco, I would probably trade Pappenhausen and spend the money. And just pick one next week. Pick one of the two next week and let one go. Let one go. If the other thing, and then I guess the other option, if you're sort of backing Pappenhausen only miss a week, play Teddy, get one this week, upgrade your score. Yeah, get one next week, exactly. So that I'm kind of going through that thought process. Maybe Pappenhausen only misses one week. Maybe a lot of people trade him out and they struggle to get him back in next week. Um, you do one downgrade this week, maybe a Simpkin. You can play him with a fair bit of confidence if you if seventeen's not that strong, you know, because you do have a fullback on the pine. Yeah. Uh, and then you can do one downgrade next week and and do an upgrade. So I think that is very viable. It it does depend on what you think will happen with the Pappenhausen, though. I do think that if he's out for two weeks, it's going to be a bit of a a shit hold. Um. And yeah, is it worse than is it worse than having five six hundred grand in the bank for two weeks that you can't deploy? Yeah, I'm not sure because that's I mean that's that's wasted points. It is most, exactly most points wins. Most points wins. So we haven't yet talked about your situation, which is Tedesco and Latrell. No, I'm Pappenhausen Latrell. Sorry, sorry, pa- sorry, Pappenhausen Latrell. Um, well, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> so both of them aren't playing this week. Sorry, so it, might, you... it might be worse, but I've had a great run. Oh, yeah. Like, so you are one of the people that did the Tedesco to Latrell trade like three weeks ago when we when I talked about doing it and then chickened out. Well, I did, um, I did, I did Latrell to Pappenhausen. That's right, because you already had, had you didn't Luttrell. have Pappenhausen, you already had Latrell, yeah. Either, like, that was a more obvious trade, I suppose. Yes. Agreed. Um, but yeah, you would have come roaring in because yep. because of how well Latrell has gone in comparison to how well Tedesco has gone. So, what are you going to do? Gutherson Turbo, pretty sure. So you're going to trade both of them? Yeah. 
I mean, Luttrell's basically a no-brainer trade, right? He's out for four weeks. He misses four weeks, and there's just too many quality guys. Take your pick. Ponga, yeah. Turbo, Gutherson, whoever. Yeah, and he probably plays Origin. He's, he's back for like two weeks and then plays Origin. So yeah, plus a rest. He's got to get rid of them. Potentially a rest. But the, but the trading out both of them is pretty interesting. Yeah, well, it means I'm spinning my wheels because I can't spend, I can't spend the money that I release, and then you've got those guys coming in next week. So I probably can't spend the money next week either. Yeah, so, so you're going to have a bunch of money sitting on the – just do nothing, basically. Yeah, unless – I mean, what it does allow me to do is make some moves next week. So let's say Simpkins only plays 60 minutes and squeezes out 35. You know, I could let him go maybe. The other option for people thinking about this double downgrade situation is it's not that bad to get on one of them a week late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Simpkins at 250, you'd take it. Curran at yeah. 250, why not? But the funny thing is about those two guys is they've, they've both got such good scoring potential that it's like, well, why would you wait? In a way, you can almost play both of them in his 17. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So there's one other guy that might be okay, and that's the winger at the Knights, Musgrove. Yeah. Just yeah. because, again, you can hide him in that slot. If he sticks around, he plays the bye. they got a terrible draw for the next few weeks, but then it opens up. Yeah, but by the time he opens up, you might have an Edric Lee problem. You might. You might. Yeah. I'd Look, if he somehow scores a double this week and scores 100 points, then absolutely he comes into consideration. But if he scores another 30 this week, I think he's a pretty hard pass, just given that there's two other cheapies there that are much better. Yep. Uh, no, I agree. I just thought he was worth raising. Oh, he's definitely worth raising. Um, and we'll see, like, you know, as we said, could be injuries, whatever, he could score 100. Um, and theoretically, if he can hold his spot, he does play round 13. Yep. But he didn't, I, I watched him last week and he, he didn't look that good. I'd be sort of surprised that he holds his spot for a long period of time. It's not like one of those guys that came out and just looked like an absolute gun and couldn't be dropped. I feel like there's a new player in that back line every week. Yeah, I agree. And there has been for a long time. Yeah. All right, so the next thing is we talked about, you know, you trade, let's say you do the Pappenhausen to Turbo trade and you free up 300K. For me, what that means is that I can get basically any forward. Can you get any, can you get any back? Yes, I could get any back or any forward. I don't really need a back because I feel like I've got four pretty solid backs. I've got uh, Capewell, Kelly, Dot and Laurie back there. So I don't really feel like any of those needs an upgrade immediately. Yeah, but who's putting their hand up in the forwards? Well, that's my question to you. Yeah, well, my answer is no one. No one. So get, like, get Nofo, get Lomax, get Holmes. Yeah, but I'd be upgrading. Well, I'd either be playing a fifth centre wing, which I don't really want to do, just because their scores are so variable, or I'd be upgrading a guy that I'm kind of happy to play for another guy that's sort of a little bit better. Whereas I can... So the, the guy I'm trading out is Charlie Staines. Yeah. I could do that via Ben Dravojevic, who's in the forwards, and I can trade him, who's a plotter, basically. Like, he's a terrible coach to an absolute gun in the, in, in the forwards and really make my team look better. Um, who's your worst player? Who's your worst? Who's your fourth reserve at the moment? Well, 
my props are awful. <laughs> so I've got TKO up there, but my second prop is either Ryan James or Stefano. Yeah, so you're losing 20 points at second prop. Well. Maybe. I mean, guys. What about, what about Payne Haas? Well, you're losing 25 points at second prop if we're talking about Haas. Having so he hasn't put the scores on the board yet, but he looks really good. And have you seen that they're benched? So there's actually three Broncos that are very interesting and worth talking about in that position. There's Haas, TPJ, and Lodge. And you can make a case for all three of them. Yeah, I think Lodge. If you've survived the fullback carnage, I think Lodge is a very good option. Make a little bit of money. Plays round thirteen. You know, each way bet. So I guess my question, so I agree, he only played 39 minutes last week. That was the first time they've had really a full-strength side. Uh, having said that, he scored, his PPM was incredible, and he scored 60-odd, and and he looked really good. Like, he was, he looked the best he's looked in a long time. He was really bending the line, and he got a couple of offloads away, and his PPM was incredible. Having said all that, Kevy really had, had them fired up at Suncorp for that game. Uh, I don't know... To what extent? Not sustainable. Kind of, don't know if it's sustainable. Yeah. Uh, so they've got Levi on the bench this week, rather than four forwards last week. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So, so he could get a bump in minutes back to sort of forty-five, maybe even fifty. Um, and maybe he does put on sort of fifty-five, sixty-point scores. But as we said, I've got a lot of money to play with, and and I don't know at this stage of the season whether I want to get more mid-rangers in. No, if you've got no, if I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if it meant I had, you know, a couple hundred grand in the bank. I'd go straight to you know a Pangai or a Haas or or someone like that. Pangai will play the first buy, and Pangai's a forward who can squeeze out a hundred. So regularly. interestingly, interestingly, Pangai today came out and said and pledged his allegiance to New South Wales. <laughs> so he could he could get who's, into Origin. Whose spots are going to take? You got Crichton on the left, Fazell on the right. But because he's sort of a, a prop and a back rower, yeah, he could get right. a bench spot. Yeah, he could play. play he's not a bad. Prop. Could play know, bench prop he, and cover injuries in the second row. Yeah, exactly. So he and he's like not a bad guy to bring on for like thirty minutes, right? And just tell him to go absolutely crazy. Yeah, like they did with Fafita that year. That's right. So, look, I think he's an outside chance of playing Origin, but it wouldn't actually surprise me. New South Wales do have a lot of forwards. Yeah, interesting. So he's not a lay-down Mazaire to play round 13. Lodge is. Lodge will definitely play round 13, and he's not getting picked for origin. Uh, Haas, you'd think, is probably an 80% chance of getting picked for origin, so he's probably not going to play, play origin. But but Levi helps Haas as well, right? Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, he helps all, all the middle guys. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think Haas has now come down a little bit. Uh He's going to get 65 minutes at prop, which is, I don't know, who else really, maybe Clemmer gets those kind of minutes. But with the eye test as well, he's just looked really, really good. Like, there were a couple of runs last week where someone just kind of held onto his boot lace and that was the thing stopping him from making a line break. I actually do think he's got some attacking stats in him in his future. And if he does, he's going to he's going to bust out a couple of hundreds, right? Yeah, well, nice. Well, that's, that's what I think he's been missing the last few years. I think he's kind of ready to do that. I mean, that is entirely subjective. Yeah. 
and, and well, you know, he hasn't shown it yet, but he just looks very good. Logically, it should follow from playing less time. You know, those guys often have an inverse relationship between how long they're on the field and, you know, how big their impact is, you know, per run, right? Yeah, I mean, he's not exactly playing the small minutes. He's played 60-plus minutes every game so far. I think he only played 63 on the weekend, but still, it's not exactly small minutes for Millpot. But, yeah, take the point. Small for him. It's small, not 80. small for him, though. You know, he plays 80 a few times last yeah. year. Yeah. Yep. Look, I, you know, you're buying peace of mind by getting him at prop. Um, I can't get excited about it. I'm happy to play, you know, Stefano for a couple of weeks. I just... You know, I'd rather get I'd rather get a centre who, you know, is is more likely to bust out a hundred. Yeah, I mean your ultimate your ultimate risk, right? Like you look at you know attacking upside. Oh, I'd, when you think I'd, about your trades. I'd I'd be telling Pappenhausen if he was named and buying <laughs> you know and buying a gun. You know, Latrell Latrell being injured as well means I can't do it, but I would have been I would have gone Pappenhausen to either Gutherson or Turbo and then turned probably Simmonson into Holmes. That would have been my trade this week. If if everyone was named. So I'd I'd be selling the highest averaging player. Which I did. Yeah. I did I did it with Tedesco. And it worked out. You know, it could backfire, but I mean there's two ways to win this thing, right? You can pick the perfect team and make the perfect trades all the way through. You know, we all try to do that, but after week one, you realise you haven't. And, you know, the second way is to be a bit contrarian. Well, Ten Haas is only 5% owned, and he's not in the top 10 trade-ins this week, so that ownership doesn't look like it's really going anywhere this week. Yep. So, I mean, look, it's unlikely that he's going to score a try, but you never know. The other guy that I suppose is worth talking about, he's very expensive now, is Isaiah Papali'i. Oh, you just, you, yeah, I think good luck to you. You know, anyone who picked him up at 400, well done. But I just, you've missed the boat, I think. He looks so good when he's on it. Like, you know how I said Curran is really involved for an edge back rower? Like, that applies for Papa Lee as well. But put on top of all that, he's busting tackles and scoring tries and. Yeah. But just like making so many tackles for an edge back rower and playing 80 minutes. Now, Madison is lurking on the extended bench. Who knows when he's going to be back? I don't think I can pay 630000 for a bench back rower, but I've been saying that for like three weeks with this guy. And he just keeps busting out hundreds. I, I agree. I don't think he's a trade in, but, you know, he gets another start this week and who knows what he scores. Yeah, I, I guess think, I think TPJ might actually keep him check this week. They're they're up against each other. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, if if you if you're bringing him in, so firstly, one of the very few games I have watched was the first Eels game in round one, and he looked incredible. So take your point. If you're bringing him in, you've got to be ready to be playing him off the bench and hoping for sort of you know a 55 point performance up the middle, which he's capable of, but. I think the tries will dry up if he's back in the middle. Yeah, look, totally agree. Totally agree. I, that, and I can't do it for that reason. Also, also but I mean, he... he will play round 13. He's dual. I've missed runs like this before. <laughs> I think the run's over. Mind you, I said, I think I warned you about bringing in Fafita after the party was over and you got him just in time. The party was just starting. 
Oh, the party was <laughs> it was about to just reach its crescendo yeah. and then and then maybe peter out. Yeah, yeah. Um got in just in time. All right. What about Luke Thompson? Yeah, if you got no other problems with your team, I like him. Well, this is in a scenario where you've got a you've got Tino, for example. Yeah. Uh 450k. He's had two pretty good scores. He's getting sort of a well, he got, he got 50 minutes in the first game and 56 minutes in the second game. He's got a try in the first game for his 83, but he scored 65 last week without – it was mostly base. We've, you've also got Hedrington has been suspended for like six weeks, um, and Josh Jackson's still out. I think Jackson might be due back next week. So 450K, I mean, he's not going to play around 13 because they don't, uh, but he's dual. He's got a pretty low break-even. Looks like he's been going to get sort of 55 to 60 minutes most weeks. I'd, he's probably the kind of guy I'd buy if if I needed a scorer in that position and I kind of had exactly the right amount of money. I don't think I'd do it if it left me with a significant amount of change. Would you take... And, and sorry, the next thing I was going to say is if you're in that position, what about Satili? Uh, Tupanua. Yeah. 340. Uh-huh. Uh, it depends if you need an out-and-out prop or not, if you need to fill that spot. Yep. But what? So if you were to compare Lodge and Thompson, so Lodge is around 350, I think, and Thompson's 450. Lodge is going to get less minutes, but... Plays, think, plays the but first buy if he stays healthy. Plays the first buy, is going to make more money, probably. And, and he'll be number one prop on that round. He'll, That's be, he'll be the big guy. Probably one. true, yeah. Probably no pen ass. Yep. Does that mean you pick Lodge over those two? Probably, those unless two. unless I needed the dual position for whatever reason. The other thing, uh, so I'll, I think I'm going to get Payne Haas just because... Peace of mind. Well, it's kind of this the situation I was talking about with Kelly and Nofo last week. It's like you can get a mid-range guy and kind of hope that he scores as well as a keeper, or you can just get the keeper. Yeah. And in, in both those situations, there are keepers that no one has. So... Maybe I've learned from my mistakes last week, and I'm just going to get the best guy. Oh, the Titans' draw looked good on paper. I mean, they got ambushed, right? Yeah. The score could have easily been the other way, and you would have looked like a genius. The other thing about TPJ is I, I don't think I'm going to get him this week, but I think I will get him anyway. Maybe next week or maybe the week after. In round nine, he plays the Cowboys, and he's going to be running at Scott Drinkwater. <laughs> And that could be a bloodbath. Yeah, if, I want him in my side for that game. Yeah, and if TPJ was named on the edge in round one, he would have been in my squad. His base on the edge is actually not that good. Yeah, but he can he can he can score like he could score a triple. Oh yeah, he could score a triple on any given week. But yeah, he's so his average on the edge last week. He played about sorry last year. He played about six game six eighty minute games five or six eighty minute games on the edge, and his average was sixty eight. But he often had baits around that sort of forty to forty-five mark. Yeah. So it's not it's not mind blowing. It's I, good. I it's would, solid. Yeah, I would treat him as a back. His base is going to be lower than you know your your Jake Turbos. But you know he's he's more likely to score a hundred. Yeah. But you know, true. I mean, that's I mean that's the way I look at this game. You know, a lot of people would would go, I oh, just you know, if he scores two forties in a row, you know. I want him out of my squad, and I'm thinking, well, the hundreds around the corner. Yeah, 
it depends. Like some some people play conservatively and just look at base, and you know others like yourself tend to look at look for that upside and just think like if you get if you're actually playing to win this thing, maybe it's all upside. But in my experience, it's somewhere in between. Like we've seen what happened with Charlie Staines. We've seen, you know, it it is hard to pick. What the ideal super coach player is guys that have base and attacking upside. Oh yeah, but there's a salary cap too. All right, so I want to move on to the hooker position. Now, we've already talked about Jake Simkin, and you raised, you kind of touched on a very interesting point, which is if you, a lot, most people will have Braley, right? Braley has been scoring very well. He's averaged 75 for the season. He plays around 13. He's getting 80 minutes, you know. And he was cheap on the bubble around, in round was, three. That's right. So, you know, great. Then you've got Simkin. He looks like a bit of a no-brainer cheapie. There you two hooker spots, right? Maybe. Well, maybe. A lot of people, I think, will be doing that over the coming weeks. Harry Grant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What do you do about Harry Grant? Now, Grant only played like 47 minutes on a weekend and still pretty much turned up against theoretically one of the best sides in the comp. Exactly. What's he going to do behind that pack if he starts getting 65, 70, 75 minutes? And how many people are going to stay away from him because it's getting a bit close to round 13? Well, that's the thing. So so I've started doing some calculations in my head, right? Now, Braley has averaged 75, but he, they, we know that he had that very soft draw over the first five, six weeks of the season. And we talked about Ponga, New, Newcastle's draw being very hard over the next three or four weeks. So... I mean, he's, he makes so many tackles that he's pretty much going to average 60 without any base. I mean, sorry, without any attack. Um, but what if he only averages, say, 60, 65 over the next six weeks before Origin? Yeah, so let's call, right. it, let's, I mean, let's call it 65 for three weeks, just to sort of, you know, not skew it too far. Well, let's... I think you could say around the 65 mark leading up to Origin, I think is probably fair. Maybe maybe he averages 70, but somewhere between 65 and 70 for the six weeks up to origin. I, I, um, I probably want Grant to average 80, if that's the, if that's the assumption. Well, that's... I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so how much does... Let's assume, again, that, that Braley scores 65 in the origin week. So Grant's got to make up at least that 65 points plus more. Right. Yeah, he's got six weeks. He's, he's got, got six, six weeks to do it. Yeah, fifteen points a week. Fifteen points a week. Now, so if he makes fifteen points a week, he's sort of just ahead, I think, around about even. Twenty points a week. So you're talking about an, an average of sort of eighty-five. Uh, you're you're a little bit further ahead. If he starts playing big minutes, there's got to be a chance that he averages sort of ninety-five. Yeah. Which one of those two guys is more likely to score one hundred and twenty? No brainer. Well, that's, um, that's the guy that I want. Yeah. Now, the problem with that is we've got all these trades to make. You know, you've got, as we said, we've got the two cheapies coming in next week. We've got fullback problems. We've got prop problems. And so you think, oh, I'm not going to make that trade this week. You know, he only played 47 minutes. Let's wait until his minutes go up. But every week you do that, that equation we just talked about gets less and less favorable for Grant, and you probably get more and less and less likely to do it. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that probably no one's going to do it. 
not no one, but very few people are going to end up actually trading Grant in unless he goes on an absolute, you know, maybe if he scores 140 this week, a lot of people do get him in. But if he ekes out sort of 70 or 80 this week, you can imagine people still staying away from him. Oh, of course. So he could be like a, a, a great pod, but yeah, it, it's just hard. That equation's hard. And, and to throw something else in the mix, there's another guy who's averaging 90 <laughs> who does play round 13. Is this uh, Reed? Yeah, and he's the same price. <laughs> yeah. So you could get that, and, and we've talked about Parramatta's draw, right? Oh, yeah. So you could get that 90 average out of out of Reed for around about the same price, and he's going to play around 13. Yeah, and I think with him... So firstly, I mean, we've been watching him play for a few years, and he hasn't done much, but, you know, players always have the, these years where they kind of, you know, take a next take take a step up. With him, you don't. I don't think you need to discount his average for the first six weeks because their draw is still soft. Whereas oh, with, Braley, soft. with Braley, you do. Yeah, exactly. Completely agree. But again, I don't think anyone's really going to do that trade, particularly given the situation we've talked about. If if Simpkins scores 50 points this week, almost everyone's going to be carrying Simpkins. Except for people who are, you know, intentionally um, probably making a, a move that's maybe not the smart move, but that could pay big dividends. And, yeah. and you know, personally, I think that's how you win it. But you got to pick, you got to pick which moves. You got to pick when to make the smart move and when yeah, to take when the to make the zag. Yeah, yeah. So, so Reed Marnie is only in about. Well, I think he. I, I looked at the top ten teams, and he's only in about one or two of them. And yet, he's got an average of ninety. He's in the top top five averaging players. He's got a great draw, and he plays around thirteen. I think that's like, that's just kind of unheard of, right? I think that's. Yes, it is, but I think it's it's unique because you had Braley at three fifty and Connor Watson at I think two eighty. So by round three, you could have basically you know two quality guys for six hundred grand in those two positions. And any other year, you wouldn't see it. Yeah, people yeah but that, that's kind of what I'm talking about, right? Like there just happens to be this ninety average pod. He's oh, got yeah. a great drawing and play round 13. Yeah, and the two and guys that a lot of people have are about to play three of the top six teams in a row. Yeah. Yep. And Grant, someone like Grant could create even more of a distraction. Oh, yeah. I mean... So the people that do get off Braley might go to Grant rather than rather than him. Yep. Look, both good options. I think, I think a lot of people are going to have a forced trade at fullback and... You, you know, this would be a great week to make a lot of moves if you don't have a problem there. And that's all the more reason to hold Tedesco if you've got him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, so I think, I think I'm think i off the fence there. If I've got Tedesco, I'm holding because there's just so many moves you could make this week. You've, you can go a week early on Curran and Sipkins, get someone like Marnie or Grant or Nofaluma, Lomax, Holmes. Holmes got a bit of a tough game, but next two weeks pretty good. He's good All right, well, let's, let's talk about the centres since you brought it up. Um, I talked about all the kind of, mid, I would say, sort of high mid-range guys last week, like the Kellys and the um, and the Peaches. Holmes was on that list. I picked the one that scored the lowest out of all of them. <laughs> um, based on one week. Based on one week. Look, Val Holmes isn't going to play the Bulldogs every week. 
I think the Bulldogs probably are potentially the worst team going around, along with the Cowboys at the moment. So, yeah, he's not going to play them every week. Having said that, he's still, he's consistently scoring very well. Um, I think I overly discounted him based on the fact that he doesn't play Origin, and that's one of the mistakes that people make, and I kind of fell into that trap. Yeah. But let's see how he goes against some harder opposition. I mean, the relevance of that increases the closer you get. That's right, it does. And I think it's the week. It, I think it's the right week to talk about those guys because anyone with Pappenhausen is going to have a huge chunk of change if they trade him out. Yeah, that's right. So people are, they have the option of. So you could even upgrade there. You might even be able to go like Saab straight to Nofaluma. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think? So Nofaluma moved to the left. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he got moved to the left because he was on the. Um, he's typically on the right, and they got absolutely pantsed by the Cowboys and lost to the Cowboys, and most of the tries came down that that his side. So um, normally, when he, that happens, he gets sent to reserve grade for a couple of months, but they've just put him on the other side this year. They've just put him on. He's too good a player in attack for them to to cut. So the the option was to move him to the other side and hope that, hope that solves everything. So so he's got Lucy Le Lua on his inside now. And it looks like Michael Chikam got named at, at left centre. Um, although, you know, potentially someone like Mabai could come in there. Do you think that helps him or hurts him? Um, so for a guy like him, obviously he's got, you know, his, his lowest scores are very high. So then I feel, I feel like, you know, who's his half, right? And this is where I'm at a bit of a disadvantage from not watching many games. So on paper, you know, if he moves to the left, his half is Brooks. On paper, to me, that looks like that looks like an improvement. But you know, they haven't been training together for a season and a half. But neither's neither's Dewey because he was he wasn't the right half last year. If I look at the Supercoach averages and I look at Dewey's average, maybe Brooks isn't the main half. So I don't think I've ever seen Luke Brooks throw a really crisp kind of double cutout out to the winger, whereas Dewey has a really nice cutout on the other side. Yeah. And he often hits Nofaluma or whoever his right winger is with that big that big cutout. So I actually think in terms of the half on that side that that moving to Brooks' side is a downgrade for him. He's got a more uh, creative back rower on that edge though, right? That's that's right. He's got a more creative back row on that edge, and I don't know, I don't know what the sum of that is. If that's a net upgrade or a net downgrade. Interesting. So it's a kind of interesting one. I think it's the kind of thing you could outsmart yourself with. I, look, I I think I agree with that. So I think what you're saying is, like he's got an incredible floor. He's got so many ways to score points. He's a bit like Brian Dotor. He plays around thirteen. He's actually still got quite low ownership. Again, I think, despite the fact that, you know, you said people are going to have money to spend, I still think people are going to be distracted by the cheapies and, and other things that are going around and might not pick him up. Yeah. And he's at a pretty good price now at 560k. I think he's probably the peak in the centre wing. Yep. If you can get him. So if I had Pappenhausen and Tedesco, I would sell Pappenhausen and try to get no Faluma with the change. I know we're going to talk about a couple other guys, but. He's my pick out of those guys. Yeah, 100%. So the next one I'm going to talk about is Lomax. Now, Nofo's draw is sort of okay. 
Like he plays a lot of those mid-range teams, but not so many of the really bad ones. Um, Lomax's draw is fantastic. Starting from next week, though, right? Starting from next week. So I think this week is a little bit... Who does he play this week? Roosters. Right. Plays a root. Well, yeah. Roosters haven't exactly been amazing, but yep. And then he's got... So he's got the Roosters this week. Then he's got Tigers, Bulldogs, Storm, Sharks, Tigers again. And then Broncos. And then Bulldogs. He's got them. Yeah. Tigers twice, Bulldogs twice, and Broncos as well, all in the next, what, six games or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And he's a goal kicker. Yep. And good chance of playing the first bye. Yeah, really good chance. Still, still like an, a, as we said earlier, not zero chance of playing Origin, but I think probably, I don't know, somewhere in the 25% range. Yeah. I think he's more likely to play the first bye than Gutherson. I think I actually think he's more likely of getting selected for Origin than Gutherson. Interesting. Just I doubt Gutherson's going to get picked this year. But who the hell knows? So I watched him very closely on the weekend. For some reason, I was watching that game and I was watching Lomax very closely, and he just seemed to do absolutely nothing, like nothing, and still scored sixty. Yep. And they're the kind of guys that I want in my Supercoach team, right? Like. The guys that just sort of collect points for being on the field, yep. you don't even notice them, and then you know they only have to do one. He only has to do one thing. On top, and he'll on, he'll score hundred. On top of that, if you believe they're actually a top eight side this year, I just can't see him going backwards from his average last year. Yeah, I don't know if I, <laughs> if I think they're a top eight team, but I do think he's sort of probably underperformed slightly so far and he's he's just down to a pretty good price now and I do like him. Yep. Um I don't like him as much as Nofaluma, but I do like him a lot. Yeah. If I'm for me if it's this week it's Nofaluma. If it's next week it's Lomax. But I pay yeah. I pay look you might say I pay too much attention to the draw. Um you know it can backfire on me like last last round, but the two rounds before that it paid off. Who else at, in that kind of centre wing range would you look at? So Holmes is the other guy, and I know you talked about him last week. And he's a bit cheaper. And again, I don't think I'd get him this week, but he's got a nice little run of games starting from next week. Definitely doesn't play round 13, though. Definitely doesn't. I think I just need to kind of swallow my pride on Holmes and look at him a bit more objectively because that team is just so shit that I'm just hesitant to get any of them in. Yeah. And his involvement's not that good, but he's another guy that he just seems to, you know, one run up the middle, a few goals, and then suddenly he's on 70 points. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they're the, they're the three guys for me, and then in round 10, I like, I like best, but that's a couple of weeks away. I wouldn't be getting best now for the same reason as, you know, Ponga and Braley and Watson. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, I'm not even really interested in, in best. Last week I was talking about getting Hudson Young in. Oh yeah. Again, because he's going to be running it. It's got drink water this week, and just like he's been scoring pretty well, and they've got a good run of games coming up the Raiders. But then Corey Howard Nearer was named. I'd be. I mean, how, I so, mean, Ricky. Ricky absolutely sprayed them after the game, right? How do you yeah. know? How do you know who's in the firing line? Yeah, you don't. You don't. 
and it's like a 50-50 shot that he gets benched, isn't it? With Harold Nero on the... I mean, maybe. I'm fine, like that he spends some time having a rest. Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of media around people sort of backing him as a dark horse for origin. But I just, I don't know. If you've got a coach bagging their players publicly, unless you know, unless you've got inside knowledge on who it is, you know, who's in the firing line? But again, yeah. you know, it creates a situation where people might stay away. Oh, look, he was enough of a pot anyway, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I just I can't do it with Corey, Corey Howard you know, lurking there. So well, maybe next week, but this this round's his good round. So, yeah. Like maybe, when I say maybe next week, maybe next week when you see what the rotations look like with Howard Nero and Horsborough back in the team. But yeah, kind of think the horses bolted a little bit. We also talked about Jazz Devanger a little bit uh, last <laughs> week, but he's benched and... He didn't get minutes last week, so I think he's. you can kind of put a bit of a line through him as an option for the moment as well. Well, I think there's a direct relationship with him and Josh Curran. Well, that's right. Yeah, Josh Curran seems to be getting getting the minutes. All right. Uh, what about captaincy, vice-captaincy? What's your, what's your option this week? So I have the luxury of a couple of guys not playing this week, so I actually can run a vice-captain. Yep. And it's probably going to be Cleary. Yep. And my captain will either be Turbo or Gutherson. Pretty tempted to go Gutherson. The issue is I'm ranked 706 now. You know, at what point do I stop throwing Hail Marys and start <laughs> <laughs> and start going with the smart play? Gutherson is a bit of a Hail Mary. Yeah. But, you know, I got, I got where I am because of Hail Marys. Yeah. Well, they're not helpful. Like to run out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Look, I don't mind Gutherson as a trade, but doubling down on him as captain against the Broncos team that were very much improved. And remember, like their really weak side was that Ricky and and Tessie New side, and they've completely replaced that side. Yeah, that's right. And Pango Junior monstered that side last week. Like he he made kick out look like he wasn't there. So. Yeah, and that's Gutho's preferred side is looping around to that to that left, right? Yep. So, yeah, I'm not sure that with Pangai there, I don't think they're as weak defensively as they have been. So, Having said that, they do leak points up the middle, and Gutho is probably the best um, support player in the league. So maybe there is some tries for him just like running up the middle in support. Yeah. So you could make a similar point about Turbo, right? The Tigers turned up last week. Yeah, I guess he could. But that wasn't necessarily due to personnel changes. Yeah, and he's a lot more of a focal point. I mean, Gutherson chimes in. He gets a lot of good scores, very few absolutely huge ones, whereas Turbo is kind of, you know, every pretty much every move is, is based around him. Gutherson's more likely to put in a 30 as well, whereas I'd be pretty surprised if Tommy Turbo doesn't get some kind of attacking stat and at least gives you a sort of 60 or 70. Yeah, eels are more likely to win though. Like yeah, who's well, like which team's more likely to put on thirty points? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, so I think I think I'm probably going to VC Luai and Captain probably Turbo, maybe Tedesco. Yeah, double down on the hold. Double down on the hold. Yeah, they just have looked very clunky. 
if I'd only do it if barrels is confirmed in. What about the props? Yeah, that that'd play a part in it too. You'd want you'd want at least one of those props, probably both of them, to be playing too. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Radley got off, which is a little bit helpful. Oh, absolutely. That's pretty much all I want to talk about this week. I, I should do a shout out to the session with Corey Parker uh, Unlimited Group because I forgot to do it last week, as I want to do. Um, so we've had a, a, some ring-ins join, and the ring-ins are very highly ranked. So we've got a guy who's ranked 32 overall, Penrith Powerhouse, that's <laughs> Luke Luke's team, and he's uh, he's doing very well. And there's another guy ranked 56th overall, Michael with the 4020s. So, yeah, we've got a couple of very highly ranked teams there. I'm down in seventh place now. Wow. So, yeah. You've got some uh, quality listeners. That's right. Correlation That's or right. causation? It's got to be causation, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe. Surely. All right. Well, that was a very interesting chart. It's an interesting round. It is, it is, and we'll see what the fullback roulette gets us this week. All right, well, thanks for coming on. Good luck this week. Thanks, mate. You too. Mm. So, yeah. Bye.